As workplaces become increasingly tech-driven, how can we equip ourselves with emotional skills to handle complexity and change? I'm Hamish Coots, and you're listening to Talent Talks, brought to you by Seek. Susan David is a Harvard Medical School psychologist, leading management thinker, and author of the best-selling book, Emotional Agility. She joined me at the desk at the ARI Convention in Brisbane to share how emotional agility can lead to greater personal well-being and stronger organisations. What is emotional agility? What is emotional agility? Emotional agility is the psychological skills that are necessary in order to be healthy with ourselves to thrive so that we can bring ourselves effectively to times of complexity and change. And fundamentally, there's a set of skills that are encompassed in emotional agility that we can talk through. Let's go to the other side then. then What is emotional rigidity? What does it mean to be emotionally rigid? Okay, so we all have hundreds of uh, thoughts every day. A thought might be, I'm not good enough or my boss is an idiot. We might have emotions. We might experience stress or sadness or frustration at what's going on in the organization or angry. Or we might have a story. A story might be, I'm not creative or I'm not innovative. Some of our stories were written on our mental chalkboards in you know, grade three yeah. when we were five years old. <laughs> yeah. So what is emotional rigidity? Emotional rigidity is when we have these thoughts, emotions and stories and they're normal. There's nothing wrong with having them. Mm. But when we're emotionally rigid, what happens is we buy into the thought, the emotion, the story. We start treating it as fact. So we might say... You know, my boss is an idiot and I feel undermined, Mm. so I'm going to shut down in the meeting and I'm not going to contribute. Or I'm not creative and I would love to put my hand up for this role, but actually I'm just not going to get it, so I'm not going to try. So what's happening when we're rigid is we're either responding on autopilot based on these thoughts, emotions and stories, or what we're doing is we're letting them call the shots. So let's talk about emotional agility in, in a workplace sense. You don't get agility in organizations without the agility of the people within those organizations. I've never met a leader who says, I don't care about my team, or I don't care about inclusiveness, or I don't care how people feel. Everyone goes to work with good intentions. No Mm. one goes to work planning to be a complete idiot that day. But what happens is we sit in a meeting, we feel undermined, we shut down. And so we need this skill set of agility because the environment is complex. We're trying to navigate that environment and we've got all of these inner experiences that are bubbling up. Mm. So you don't get agility without emotional agility and they're these key skills that are just critical to being emotionally agile. Traditionally, perhaps, we're having to change the focus and the landscape in which people operate in. Human beings mm. and the messy, beautiful stuff that's inside of us as human beings mm. is what differentiates us yeah. from machines. If you think of an organization that is trying to, for instance, be collaborative, Mm. the intimate relationship with collaboration is that you might be disappointed, you know, you might have conflict. You might be trying to be innovative, but the relationship that is something that comes with uh, being innovative is, again, disappointment. Mm. And so organizations who are trying to get beyond the veneer of, are we trying to be innovative and actually truly do it? Those organizations actually fundamentally need to become more open to the full range of human experience and human emotions because it's these that will not only help us to differentiate Mm. but it's these that actually help the organization to thrive in a real way like what you hear tune into more talent talks by hitting the subscribe or follow button in your favorite podcast app just search seek talent talks
how can people start to practice emotional agility when they're at work and how can the organisation start to introduce this um, into a workplace? So emotional agility in its most basic sense is about experiencing the full range of emotions, not Mm. just the happy emotions, not just what feels good, not just you either on the bus or off the bus, but actually being able to develop the resilience and tensility within the organization that we experience the full range of human emotions. Um, So it's being able to do that in ways that are courageous, because sometimes our emotions tell us that a particular project isn't working out. Yes, yeah. It takes curiosity. You know, what are you feeling and why are you feeling what you're feeling? Why is it that you're so concerned about the change? And if I can understand why you're concerned about the change, it actually might help us to adapt and make that change more effective. So it takes courage, it takes curiosity, but it also takes compassion. You know, all of us in organizations are doing the best we can. We're doing the best we can with who we are and what we've got in difficult circumstances. So emotional agility is about being able to be courageous, curious and compassionate and to still make choices and take actions that are values concordant. You know, sometimes it's difficult having a tough conversation. Yes. Okay? It's difficult. So we need to show up to that fear in ourselves with courage. We need to show up with curiosity. Why is this thing difficult? We need to show up with compassion. But we also need to recognize that if our value, for instance, is a value of fairness, we might be saying, you know, well, how fair is it if I don't have this difficult conversation? How fair is it to the individual, to the team, to the organization? How fair is it to me? And so what we're able to do is we're able to move ourselves into experiences of discomfort Mm -hmm. because it feels connected with our values and we bring ourselves in more wholehearted and effective ways to the situation that we face. And those emotions can be connected to personal values as well as organisational values? Is that the way that that can manifest itself? Absolutely. Well, you know, a lot of organisations, what they might do is they might say, you know, these are our values and now we need you to live those values. In fact, the, the research doesn't support this. The research supports the idea that it's only when I feel an alignment with who I am as a person with maybe the organization's values that that is helpful. So there's nothing wrong with an organization having values. I think they're incredibly important signposts and they're anchors and they provide a common language. But stating what the values are of the organization is not what's most important. What's most important is for individuals to be able to say, you know, who do I want to be in this situation? How can I bring myself to this? Yes, I'm experiencing challenge and yes, this is upsetting. But beyond my KPIs and my BPIs and my DTIs and whatever else we call it, all of us, you know, we all have the opportunity to use that beautiful Viktor Frankl phrase, you know, that idea that between stimulus and response, there is a space. And in that space is our power to choose. And it's in that choice that lies our growth and freedom. When we are emotionally in agile, there's no space between stimulus and response. I feel upset, so I'm going to shut down. I feel undermined, I'm going to have it out with the person. There's no space between stimulus and response. Mm. When we're emotionally agile, on the other hand, what we're doing is we're not denying our emotions. We're not bottling them and pushing them aside. We're not brooding on them and getting stuck in them. What we are able to do is say, what is this emotion telling me? How can I be with that emotion in a way that feels courageous? And how can I learn from that emotion? Because our difficult emotions contain signposts to the things we care about. You know, if you're frustrated with something at work, you feel bored at work, Mm. that boredom might be a sign that you value growth. Yeah, okay. If you 
feel guilty as a parent, that guilt might be a signpost that you value presence and connectedness and you don't have enough of that right now. So our difficult emotions are signposts to the things that we care about. Instead of pushing them aside, we open ourselves to them, we show up to them, we can start creating that space between stimulus and response and we can start saying, who do I want to be in this situation? You know, I might be right that the organization is doing this or doing that and it's, you know, not working. Or I might be right in my cynicism, mm. but is my response serving me? And that's the fundamental question that emotional agility allows us to bring forward. I, I imagine people, when they're allowing themselves to be more emotionally agile in the workplace, that could be quite a vulnerable place to be and perhaps a different way of thinking of it. What role does HR and leadership really play in, in, in making that a smoother transition and opening up and being open to emotional agility? Well, first and foremost, uh, many organisations at the moment are concerned with mental health and well-being, mm. and they're also concerned with the well-being and health of the organisation. And what's really interesting is when people bypass or push aside difficult emotions, it doesn't make them stronger. You know, internal pain always comes out. It might in the organisation come out at the water cooler, or it might in an individual come out in burnout. And so HR helps to make this transition stronger by recognizing that human beings aren't just happy people. Uh, We experience many different emotions. And so if we can make it more normative that human beings actually have these emotions and that these emotions are welcomed, actually what you find is this creates greater strength for the organization, greater levels of agility for the organization, as I mentioned earlier, but also what it does is it promotes greater levels of well-being. Individuals who are more able to be open to their emotions, connected with their emotions, connected with their values, and being able to move forward have lower levels of depression, anxiety, burnout, and so on. So this is really, you know, a a fundamental aspect of well-being that that is, is critical for the organization and the individuals within it. Which we know is so important in this day and age. What are the benefits you see for leaders that actually allow themselves to yeah, to be emotionally agile in the workplace? Well, when leaders are feeling stressed, for instance, mm. and they're feeling concerned about something that's going on, um, often what they'll do is they'll try, again, either bottle those emotions, they'll say, well, you know, I'm concerned, but at least I've got a job, yep. or they'll take their stress internally. And there are fundamental and critical skill sets that we know help leaders in this situation. So, for instance, a leader who says, I'm stressed, I'm stressed. Very often we use these big labels to describe big emotions. That doesn't give us a pathway forward. So what I've found in my research, for instance, is that when people use more granular labels to describe their emotions... What this does is it actually helps them to better understand what's causing the emotion and what they need to do about it. So let me give you an example. There's a very big difference between I'm stressed and disappointed or I'm stressed and I'm in the wrong job or the wrong career. When you show up to your emotions and you label your emotions in a more granular way, what is this emotion really beyond the stress? It allows us to better understand gee, this is what's going on. And what scientists call the readiness potential in our brains is activated. That starts allowing us to take concrete steps towards a particular outcome. So that's one example of a skill set that a leader can use. Uh, There are others, you know, a leader might say something like, I am sad or I am angry. What that does is it conflates you with the emotion. I am, all of me is sad or angry. But you're not your emotion. You have emotions 
but you aren't your emotion. Yeah. So if instead we say, I'm noticing that I'm feeling sad, I'm noticing that I'm feeling angry, it sounds like it's a linguistic trick, but actually what it's doing is it's cr- starting to create critical space between you and the emotion. So you can start inserting the other parts of yourself, your values, my wisdom, who do I want to be? How do I want to bring myself to the situation? And this is critical here. Yeah. As a leader, we can start saying, you know, yes, there's complexity. Yes, there's challenge. Mm. I don't have all the answers. Let's take some time to think about who do we want to be as a team? How do we want to come together? How do we want to interact with one another? And so what you're starting to do is you, you, you're you not denying the emotions. You're not getting stuck in the emotions. You're using those emotions as fuel to your values mm. and then helping those values to move you forward. And that's a really powerful message to give to your team that, yeah. that you can cultivate that. And it's a message and a sense of connectedness that really fosters an amazing level of engagement and creativity, yeah. but also well-being. That was Susan David, psychologist and best-selling author. For more Talent Talks episodes, subscribe or follow Seek Talent Talks in your favourite podcast app.